0: The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast.
1: Hello, Jason. Hello, Joni. Here we are again.
0: We are. This is episode number 42. That's
1: awesome. I know. We're almost at 52. We're 10 away. I know. Was we are an,
0: We are almost at a year. It's pretty cool. I can't
1: believe it's gone by so fast. I
0: know. And look I how know. much
1: change we've created in the world. It's true. Yeah, seriously. I, I really believe it's true. I, I do, too. And, and, you know, I always say... You know, the more you educate the public, and the more you make public aware of what's happening, you're doing a good service just for mankind as a whole. Because there's lots of people out there that are either are utterly unaware of the epic problem we're having. And you've got other people that are just like apathetic about it because they're like, well, what are we going to do? Like, what are the solutions for it? And hopefully we're giving a few of those.
0: Right. I, I think we are. And I think that. You know, one of the goals I have for this podcast is that maybe by the time we've done this for several years, Narcanon is no longer the alternative drug rehab program. Right. It's the, main the standard drug rehab program. That would be you nice, know, which would really be good.
1: I always, I always sat in kind of disbelief that it wasn't. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like I, I was a person that went to six or seven other rehab programs, and I tried all sorts of different modalities to get clean, and then. I did Narcanon and I was like, well, this is what works. This is what works when nothing else has worked. This makes the most sense. Right. Why is this not more well-known? And, of course, my brain starts kicking in gear with conspiracy theories and money-making things (laughs) and the insurance companies and the doctors and the government. But realistically, I just want everyone out there who needs it to find it. Right. And that's what we do.
0: Yeah, realistically – we still have there's still more people that don't know about the program than do know about the program and that's kind of one of the reasons steve and i had a bright idea to start this podcast and approached you with it because we this is international this podcast goes international and if all you need to listen to this podcast is an internet connection and you can listen to it i don't care if you're in hong kong or Mm. moscow or wherever you know tampa you can hear it you know, one of the things I wanted to comment on today. This uh, you know, I said this and then I saw a commercial today and it's like a perfect example. We were talking about suboxone and we were right. talking about K pork. What's the one with the K? Crate crateum Okay, I and I I was like that. I don't
1: know where you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> crateum. Kratom.
0: And and the fact that they're like, oh, they're just the now thing to do in terms of drug addiction, but we don't know what the long term effects of these drugs are. And so I'm I'm watching something random on TV while I'm cooking today, and there's one of those class action suits against the for boxing. people who took no for people no. who took Nexium oh or, pilot pi- Prilosec, Prilosec, yeah.
1: Prilosec yeah and
0: I and not two years ago. There was a commercial every hour on mm-hmm. how you should take Nexium. I think it was for the stomach.
1: Right. It's for acid reflux.
0: Right. And how you should take Nexium. And now there's a class action suit. So if you had kidney failure because you took Nexium or Prilosec, then you need to call a Walker and Walker or whatever the right, attorney firm was. Right. Call one bad drugs. i am t- telling you, it's going to happen with these things because mm. they don't have to do clinical trials long enough to know what the long-term effects are. And then there's class action suits.
1: That's right. And so, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, we've already started suing certain pharmaceutical companies like the Purdue Pharma, the makers of Oxycontin, have had multiple lawsuits filed against them. Right. Um, Other companies have had multiple lawsuits filed against them. So it's a matter of time before it gets like really ridiculous with the amount of lawsuits that are going on. But at least we're starting to hold these pharmaceutical companies. Responsible yep. for the shady the, <laughs> the shady practices that they yeah. you know engaged in, and um, if it wasn't for some of those marketing blitzes that you know the makers of OxyContin and other painkillers did, we might not e- have ended up in such a bad situation like we are now.
0: Well, and and here's here's another one of my points, and I I I don't know, maybe I was raising kids, I missed it. When the United States government made it legal to advertise drugs on television, right. I don't remember what year that happened. It needs to be banned. Yeah, it that needs to be whatever uh, permission or law or whatever it needs to go away well, because to advertise drugs on TV, doctors say people come in and go, "Oh, I need Nexium," or right. "Oh, I need Prilosec," because I saw
1: on TV it's going to handle my acid reflux. Right, well, we've become our own doctors and our own pharmacists because all what do all these companies say? Ask your doctor if such and such a drug is right for you. So what does your doctor even have to do anymore? If you're just going to go in and say, well, I saw this medication. I think that's right for me. And um, what do you think about that? And they'll say, yeah, why not?
0: All right. So if anybody connected with Trump, and this is not a political podcast, but he is our president. Mm -hmm. If anybody connected with him is listening to this, because I know he's anti-drug. That much I know about the Uh guy. Let's get that law repealed and let's get drug commercials off. You can't advertise cigarettes.
1: Nope. So I was how just come, thinking I was literally just thinking. So how come you can ag-
0: advertise drugs? It's it's not okay.
1: Financial incentive. I'm a, it's, I, I it's say it all okay. the time. It's financial yeah, incentive. Yeah, I know.
0: Follow but. the money. It's the drug lobbyists in in DC. But I hope somebody's listening who has knows somebody who knows somebody who can talk to Trump and and bring that up to him. Seriously.
1: Anyway,
0: I. I digress. I digress. You have a a fellow sitting here in front of me, and I'm on a roll here. So (laughs) who's here today?
1: So today, here's... Is it okay if I use your name? That's fine. Okay. So here's Ronnie. He's a graduate of the program, and uh, he did a great job. Um, He has a fantastic story, and now he's on uh, the staff trading program. Okay. He's actually working with me in my area doing marketing and promotion. He's actually helping me place uh, public service announcements, and he's also helping talk to people that call in and are interested in the program. And so... We're kind of training him and getting him to like, you a know, good spot, and he's really enjoying it so far, and I thought, he has a great story. Why don't he come on, tell his story, and let the public hear about it, let the world hear about it.
0: Well, I love it. Thank you for coming today, Ronnie.
1: You're welcome. Thank, Thank you for
0: me. sharing your story. Thank you. So, what the where I usually start is kind of at the beginning. How did you get started on drugs?
2: So, I got started on drugs. Um, I'm from Miami, uh, from Little Havana, and... It's um, not the best of neighborhoods, and I started being uh, in middle school. I was gang-affiliated with, with the gangs right across the street from my house in a park. So hanging out, hanging out with those uh, guys and, and an older cousin of mine, that's basically how I started doing drugs. I started smoking marijuana, and from there um, escalated to doing acid and ecstasy, um, cocaine after high school. That's basically where I started.
0: And you, if you said this, I apologize because I was watching the the levels. Did you? What age were you when you started?
2: I was thirteen years old,
0: uh,
2: <sighs> which is
1: a normal age for people to start I using know, drugs. But I mean, you, that's the scary thing is kids are picking up their first cigarette, their first joint when they're eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. But right. mom
0: over here is like her little heart kind of breaks when I hear something like that. Okay, so you was it your brother? You said or your friends that were doing it?
2: Uh, well, my older cousin was doing it, and he, okay. when he came down from New Jersey, I was already gang affiliated and trying to impress him, and he came down and then asking me about if I had smoked weed before, that he was looking for weed, so I went to my gang member friends and went ahead and got it, and that's how I first uh, started smoking. I got it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And then at at what point did you go, hmm, maybe I should get some kind of rehab? And what well, did, where did you
2: go? Um, well, throughout high school, I, I was in the swim team. I was still gang-affiliated, and I also did a lot of J.O.T.C. And I graduated from high school. I couldn't get a, um, a scholarship because so, the colleges were not giving out um, grants for, for swim teams no more. So I couldn't go to college. I ended up um, not going to school and uh, joined the Navy. And then um, I was in the Navy for a few years, uh, came back, and started doing Xanax, and then upgraded to smoking crack. Then after that, I got myself treatment. Uh, I did well. Stop, let
0: me stop you just for a second. Sure. So did, you were doing drugs through high school, though, right? Yes. Did the drugs affect your ability on the swim team at all, or your grades? or
2: My grades, absolutely. On okay. um, the swim team, I was very energetic, but my grades... My, my mental was not there at all. I, I see. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And then were you doing drugs when you were in the Navy?
2: No. No? Um, after when I came back from Iraq is when I started doing bad drugs. Okay. hmm
0: Okay. So you say the Navy in Iraq, and I'm thinking.
2: There's no ocean there.
0: There's no ocean <laughs> There's there. What <laughs> right. Did, what uh, did you do in Iraq?
2: Uh, I was search and rescue.
0: Oh.
2: So I went in 2001. Basically, 9-11 happened while I was in boot camp. Um, then I did training, um, my, did my A school, and then I did training in San Diego. From there, got shipped off to Iraq. I did one tour over there and then came back. And then I started doing drugs. And then actually got kicked out of the Navy for doing drugs.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. okay. How, would you have wanted to stay?
2: Absolutely. Oh. I would have done it all over again. Oh. <laughs> I'm a good patriot in that way.
0: (laughs) I got it. I got it. Well, thank you for the service that you did do. You're welcome. Because my dad was 32 and a half years in the Air Force, so the military is always near and dear to my heart. Right. Um, Well, for anybody listening, there's a good reason to not get into drugs, because it could affect a career choice, a career path that you have. So, okay. So then you were doing Xanax. Now... Were you suffering from PTSD, or did you just decide you wanted to do it? I just
2: decided to do it. yeah. Thank okay. God I wasn't suffering from any of that. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Fair enough. So then you were ready to do treatment?
2: Yes. I actually did this program 13 years ago in Canada. Okay. Um, very successful. Ended up being staff. I went to um, Narcodon, Denmark. Worked there for some time.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
2: and then came back. Um, got into the hospitality business. Okay. Did it very well for myself. Um, met a girl, got married, Okay, had my son, um, <laughs> my wonderful I'm married. Son. <laughs> well, because then that's, that's where the rest of it comes out. Um, four years ago, she ended up cheating on me. I found out. And okay. then that's what triggered me to a very bad depression. Um, ended up getting a pulmonary embolism and an embolized spleen as well from all the stress that it caused me. Oh my and God. then I got myself back into Xanax and from there just opened the doors to everything else. And, um... Once I realized it, I, I saw treatment again, and never again will I go back to that. I got it. I'm completely aware of everything and every choice that I make from now on.
0: I understand. You know, you're not alone in your story, because I remember who who's, you know, we've done so many of these interviews, I kind of forget, but um, was it Iden whose dad wanted him to be a doctor? Yes. Yes. And so... His dad wanted to be a doctor and he had gone through the Narconon program, I believe. and And had been clean for about seven years. And then the trauma of the death of his dad. Right. And his brother was shooting up in the bathroom and boom, there you go. So.
1: Well, also, you know, the interesting thing is the program is a bit different nowadays versus the way it was 13 years ago. Mm. Mm-hmm. and so we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Um, further on in his story, I want him to go over the differences that he noticed okay. in the program.
0: Perfect. Mm-hmm. So when did you finish the program this time?
2: I finished this time uh, in December. Okay. In five months. And um, went home for the holidays to see my son and be with the family and then came right back.
0: Okay. How old is your son?
2: He will be eight in March 3rd. Oh. So he's seven right now.
0: That's exciting. And he's in the Miami area?
2: Yes. He's with my parents. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. So, what are some of the differences that you saw with the program now? Because I know one of the things I know, I as as I think I've said before, I've been affiliated with Narcanon for forty years. Okay, um, not worked there, but affiliated with the program, knowledgeable about the program. I've done projects, you know, on regarding Narcanon, you know, public mm-hmm. relations projects, and I know that there is a movement right now to standardize. Everything mm-hmm. that is delivered at Narcanon, mm-hmm. and so there's two ideal Narcanons. This one, the one Suncoast here in Clearwater, and the one in Ojai, California. Right. So, w- are, what are the differences that you noticed?
2: So, the differences that I noticed um, right off the back that that I can tell you, um, there's three things. The first one, sauna. You didn't have to go up to five thousand milligrams of niacin. Okay. it was when you were done, you were done, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was um, the objectives. The end result for the objectives, you did not know the end result. You uh, would go on that process until you hit that marker. Now, in this one, you get the end result and you can kind of veer there while you're doing the the objective. Okay. And the other and, thing. And just to stop you just for one sure.
0: second, just in case this is the first podcast somebody is listening to, mm-hmm. part of the Narcanon program involves the new life detox, which involves the sauna. And one, and the. Um, the science behind it being that the drugs stay in the fatty tissues of the body. Right. And one of the things you do to get the heart rate up and to get the blood pumping in the body is to take niacin, which, which is, is a B vi- vitamin. Vitamin B3. It's vitamin B3, and it can... Turn on a sunburn because it does it with me every time I take it. <laughs> and then the objectives are exercises basically to get um, the person's attention off of what's happening in their body, off of the past, into present time and into the environment yeah. where they are. So right. let
1: me kind of jump in here. So Absolutely. Back in the day, every Narconom <laughs> was an independently running organization and so, as almost, I don't, I don't like calling it a franchise, but they're all independent from each other. Right. There was a main body that was the corporate office that oversaw everything, and each Narcanon ha- almost had its different way of doing things. That's like my point. One yeah. Narcanon would do something kind of this way, another one would do it like kind of this way. It's the same program, but right. each place had its own different way of doing it, and people had their opinions on how it should be done. Right. Now, fast forward, you know, a couple of years ago, we'll rewind a couple of years ago. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, fast forward from, from there. Fast forward from, from then, there. Rewind from A couple right years now, ago. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, the main uh, corporate office saw that this, this was going on, and so everything was re-standardized. Right. And so now, no matter what Narconon you go to, you're getting the same program delivered the same way all over the world. And all the different arbitrary changes that got put in have all been taken out, and so no matter where you go you're going to get the same program the same way and so now the results are like astronomically better than they were before right now that's not to say the success rate wasn't great back in the day because it was, it's it, was. The, it was always the most successful program in keeping people sober long term um, but getting everything really standardized has even pushed as you know has pushed the success rate even higher and the success rates are great you know i, I can safely say that Narcan on Suncoast is one of the better ones out of all the Narconons in the world.
0: But Narconon is one of the only, like I said, one of the only ideal Narconons. Right. Basically with everything in place so that you're you're getting everything you're supposed exactly, to get.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, we turned out great great results like Ronnie. Ronnie is someone that has, you know, came from Miami. It's a drug infested area. I lived in Miami. You know. Everywhere you go in Miami, there's drugs and there's almost like this open air drug market. It's not hard to find drugs in Miami. Am I right?
2: No, you're not. I mean, yes, you are right. <laughs>
1: talk. Can you talk about that for me? Like how in your face drugs seem to be in that area, especially when you're in, a, when kind of when you're gang banging and doing things like that.
2: Well, literally, just right across the street. I mean, you could just walk down the street and just get anything you want. Scary. Yeah, it's it's very scary because not only just down the street, but any school that you go to, rich or poor, it's going to be around. It's just infested everywhere. Wow. And maybe even more with with the rich kids, because they have money to actually buy the drugs, wow. so it 's even worse well
0: uh-huh. yeah, and we 've talked about that over and over again that it 's mm-hmm. not it 's no longer you know lower income it, it, right? there's no it 's <clears throat> not race specific you know it 's the white kids from the high from the high the affluent areas yeah the affluent areas exactly. yeah the high income areas, yeah exactly they have,
1: like he said they have the money right and um, they 're the ones that spend the most on drugs because I feel like they 're they are held to such a high standard that there's a slight, a slight revolt against, like, the mainstream like, right. to do drugs. You know, like, I knew kids in high school that came from these really affluent families that did drugs as a way of saying, I don't want to be that cookie cutter thing my family wanted me to be. Right. I don't know. I thought that was always interesting. I'm like, that's the wrong way to go about nonconforming. Well, it <laughs> is. but <laughs> that's, I- like the, that's like a weird direction to take. It's like, I don't want to be what they want me to be, so I'm going to be... An addict
0: i wonder though jason if some of the like the basic core you know like difficulties that a person runs into that causes them to go down the road to drugs like the inability to communicate what they sure. really want with their family mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just manifested in different ways right bring coming back again to Iden, he could never tell his parents he didn't want to be a doctor right, you right. know and so then when his dad was about to die he became a doctor and then his dad died and it was like, what was the point? And then, and then he reverted. But what was the what did you tell me? You told me over the last couple of months what the success rate was at Narconon Suncoast. The last
1: we checked it, um, we were looking at a 79% success rate.
0: Right. Okay, so anybody listening, there is no other rehab program out there that has that success rate. No. I know that. I absolutely know that. And when I said that to someone recently, they went, Really? Yeah, that's the truth, which is why we want to see this program not be the alternative drug program.
1: But. Right. And I wanted, Ronnie, a question for you that I had was, Okay, so if you compare your life now versus a year ago, what are the main differences that you're <laughs> noticing?
2: Well, for one thing, my son has his father back. Oh, I mean, that's the most important thing in my life. Yeah. Uh, my son and myself, of course, I mean, I know I come first, but I do everything for him as well. I want him to have everything that I didn't have. I want him to feel safe and to feel the things and insecurities that I felt. I don't want him to feel those insecurities. I want him to feel that he can accomplish anything and not have social anxiety and not have to feel that he has to be somebody else in order for people to like him or to be a part of their group.
0: Right. Right. You will educate him.
2: Oh, I about yes, drugs absolutely.
0: You will educate him about the specifics, not just don't you ever do that, right. but you will educate him as to why it's not a good idea, and you're in a perfect position to educate him because absolutely. you've been there, done that right <clears throat> See if this is one you can answer and and one thing um, do you feel different completing the Narcanon program this time than you did when you completed it the first time?
2: Yes, I do. Um, I feel like I actually got to the source this time as to why I started doing drugs. And, you know, the last time I did it, I focused on the war, you know, uh, and okay. this time I went past that and I focused on to the gangs and wanting to impress my cousin when I was little, feeling um insecure and invalidating myself all the time and that is what my issue was changing schools around a lot when i was young um my parents both are immigrants so we didn't have a lot of money when i was young and then them putting me in schools you know with kids that had money because they wanted the best for me of course and then me feeling insecure around those kids right so i wanted to fit in that's where i started and yes
0: that's awesome this time that's awesome so you, went, different. You, went yeah, so you went deeper you went deeper with Absolutely. the program and i, I, and, I and i like that because we know <clears> if <throat> you don't get to that point and, and that's
1: the right and that's the very thing that makes narconon as successful as it is and i know this has been like i've been pushing how successful narconon is on this on this podcast but it really is and you know here's the thing other treatment modalities say you're mentally ill that's the core root and that's as deep as it goes you're mentally ill you're diseased you're you've got mental illness you've got a phenomenon of craving and quote phenomenon of craving <laughs> yeah. and everything's pushed over there is the root cause when in our experience that's not true there is something that underlies addiction right. Just, here here's here's a little factoid a person can't get addicted to drugs if they never try them i talked to someone about this who was part of a different you know, recovery modality, and they say, oh, well, it gets turned on by using drugs. And I was like, I don't really understand that because every all addiction starts with a choice. You choose to use drugs. You choose to take a calculated risk using drugs because nobody goes into drug use completely blindly. When I was 12 years old and I smoked pot for the first time, I knew I had my mom's stepbrother who was a crack addict. I knew I had um, heard things of other people that had gotten addicted, that had done drugs, and it all started with pot. And I took that calculated risk to do something, kind of understanding it might not be a good decision, kind of understanding that this may lead somewhere, but you know, you're a young kid, you don't care, you're invincible, it'll never happen to me, but it starts with that choice. Yep. Mm-hmm. It starts with that choice. The thing is, you've got it's a it's it's a calculated risk, I say, is because some people can pick up drugs, say, Okay, that was great, but whatever, put it down and that's it. Other people like me pick up drugs and all of a sudden you have this epic realization (laughs) of like, oh oh my God, this is what is going to fix my life. This is what's going to handle all the problems I can't handle by myself. That's what's going to handle all these different things I feel are wrong with me because life is more comfortable like this. Right? I'm finally comfortable. That was one of mine. Yeah, I actually feel comfortable now. And so once you have that kind of realization, that kind of reaction to drugs... Oh, you're screwed. Yeah. That's when it starts. That's the whole process starting. And after a while, you lose track of what your original problems were. And you go through all these negative life experiences due to your addiction. And eventually, you're so addicted and into the lifestyle and physically addicted to where you you withdraw and come down and get sick if you stop. You just keep doing it. It's almost like this automatic thing that's just going on all day, every day. Vicious cycle. Vicious vicious cycle. Get drugs, get more drugs. Get drugs, use drugs, get more drugs. You know. Eventually, you lose track of the reason you use drugs in the first place. And that's why Narconon, we have to work so hard to get to those underlying causes again because they're buried right. deep, deep, deep in there.
0: Right. Well, and you have to do the withdrawal, right. stop the drugs altogether. Sure. You have to do the sauna detox and get the residuals out of the body so that they're not continuously causing havoc, right. wreaking havoc on the body. Then you have to get the attention off the past, into the present, onto the environment that you're in today, which is the present. Right. And then address those problems. So there's a lot that happens before you get at the root. Many layers that have to happen. They they you know, they it they have to happen. That's why that's why the program is standardized and set up the way it is, that you do it step by step. You don't walk in the door and go, Okay, I feel fine, let's do some of the life improvement courses. You don't do that.
1: No, not not generally. That's not yeah. the way it goes. <laughs> you
0: don't call him life improvement. What do you call him?
1: Life, life skills. Life skills.
0: Yeah, you don't come in and say, oh, "Okay, well, I, I have a problem communicating with my dad. I'll just do that and we'll be done." No, you have to do a lot of different no, things. No, no,
1: no, no. You have to do it's, more. It's interesting, but you know, I remember when Ronnie first showed up, and he just—he he even looks
2: vastly different.
1: I believe it. I, I do. believe it. I mean, how did you feel that first day when you showed up?
2: I felt good, actually. I mean, not in that way. I mean, I felt good seeking help, coming for treatment and you know changing my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't in, <laughs> in the best of best of ways for me that day.
0: And that's the thing. Were you high when you came in?
2: Um, I was coming down. Oh okay. I I got really high the night before. I said, okay, let me give it one more go oh, okay. before more I go, go to treatment. You know, um, and then smoked crack the whole night and then uh drank liquor and and beer to come down in the morning and then my parents drove me here uh it was about a four hour drive four or five hour drive yep. slept the whole way over here what <laughs> yep. got here i was like all right my mom started crying i'm like don't worry everything's oh. gonna be okay you know I, I was i was very optimistic about the whole thing yeah. but i mean i wasn't in, in the best of ways best of shape when i came in either and, what and you- i was a little chunkier too yeah so. really
1: start, oh. yeah. yeah i was, <laughs> I was. <laughs> so what's your relationship like with your parents now
2: Oh, they love. They, I mean, they love that I that I I've changed a lot. And my my dad tells me, um, you know, you've never really been happy your whole life, and now I can see that you're happy, you know. And you wow. have to continue doing good, not just for yourself, but for your son. And your son, you know, um, he loves you very much. All he does is talk about you every day. And you know, it. it um. It, and I, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel that's... real good, and and they love it. They love to see me. Um, they're proud of me. And I'm staying to, you know, uh, doing the the senior student program and and hopefully become staff. They love to see me um, enthusiastic and and having goals for myself when I had no goals before.
0: Right, right. What is your goal in terms of what you want to do at Narcanon? What do you want to do there?
2: Well, what I'm doing right now is actually, I didn't know it, but I actually enjoy it now. Okay. Um, I'm doing PSAs, which is public service announcements. I'm learning how to... Um, qualified people to come into the program and making a lot of outreach calls and it's it's very it's very self-fulfilling that's awesome right
0: that's really awesome tough question Mm -hmm. did your son ever see you when you were high
2: once um yeah only once thank god because i was pretty i was pretty good about hiding it and not doing it around him okay that i had enough respect for that i never did it around him i would always send them to my mom's house if i was gonna get high stuff like that okay. only once and i wasn't uh, high i was drunk oh okay so i was pretty good with that thank god at least i had that
0: okay okay yeah. so he doesn't he's only got the good stuff which right. is good he's not got the good memories right right
2: and and how, and how, i mean the, he has bad memories but it was um his mom and i fighting yeah, basically. That, yeah but that's i understand right which should have never been done in front of him either, but right. unfortunately it did. It happens. <clears throat> it have happened. you
0: talked to him about that at all? To her? No, to him.
2: Yes, I have. Um, he's He still thinks that me and her are going to get back together, but oh, okay. I've talked to him plenty of times about that unfortunately we're not and that we've moved on and that we both love him very much and we have respect for one another and to, um, to just not talk negative about any of us
0: yep. and it's not his fault and it's not so his often fault the us. kids think it's their fault and uh, i yeah. i don't know how you know I, you wonder how on earth could you know a young person think that but i know that happens sometimes where they think it's yeah, their and fault it, he's me, and it, it
2: breaks my heart but i mean I just have to keep my TRs in place and yeah. just, you know, and talk to him like a little man, basically. Yes. You know?
0: And for those listening, TRs mean your ability to confront and be there, Correct. And communicate. Yes. <laughs> and so we use it that way, but mm-hmm. I, I get it. You have to really just be there and be in present time and listen to what he says. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's fabulous. You look fabulous. Thank I'm, you. I'm really glad you're working at Narcanon. Thank I know you. that. Uh, I know you would be very valuable there. We can talk more. It's we like, still have some time. Yeah, We're not even quite a half an hour yet. We can still oh, no. keep talking.
1: I didn't, I didn't, yeah. But I'm, I think I'm, we can just have a r- little round table discussion about whatever right
2: now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So your drug of choice was cocaine, right?
2: My drug of choice was Xanax and then the transition of uh, coming up on smoking crack cocaine. Yes. Okay. And alcohol. Alcohol, not so much, but yeah, it, t- it took its play. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, here's my question, right? So we're in a we're in a world right now where the main drug that everyone is focused on
0: opioids. It's
1: opioids, right? It's opioids. It's, it's heroin. It's pills. It's this. There's that. And we, I think we, as a society, will sometimes lose sight that there's other drugs out there that are wrecking people's lives just as much, if not worse, than opioids. But all the attention goes in opiates because it kills people. It right. kills people in mass numbers. Right. But it's not often these days where someone comes in and they like, yeah, I was a cocaine addict. And you're like, opiates? No. Okay. Cocaine. Cocaine. And that's a big drug that still exists out there. Right. I actually did a blog on this. There was actually fentanyl has found its way into cocaine supplies. Oh, my God. Where people are actually getting fentanyl mixed in with their cocaine.
0: And will that kill you?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. It's fentanyl. And so... I just wanted your viewpoint on that because, you know, I, I don't think there's enough attention on the fact that people are using other drugs like Xanax, like cocaine and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Xanax is, is very bad. I mean, it's so bad that you don't remember anything the next day once you're taking it, wow. especially when you're mixing it with alcohol. It's right. even, it intensifies the, the, the reactions by 10 or 100 times. I mean, it's been a couple of times where um, I wake up the next day and I'm in jail and I don't even know how I got there. Oh, my God. And it's it's horrible because it's it, it throws judgment out the window, basically. That's right. what I say. It really does. I mean it, it you don't give a shit about anything once you're doing it. And that was my problem because I sometimes wanted to feel that way. I wanted to feel like I don't give a shit about this, I don't give a shit about Ronnie, that. Ronnie, stop
1: saying shit.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I'll just say it's not. I'll just say this episode is not clean because we use that word. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Apologies. It's okay, but it's real, you know. So it is yeah. real. <clears throat> it is. Re- no, you know, it's true.
1: It, it is real because I know many people who have taken Xanax and they wake up in jail and have no recollection of how they got there. Right. That's going to be
2: jarring.
0: Yes. What is Xanax prescribed for?
2: Well, for me, it was prescribed. for... I had very bad, uh, severe panic attacks and anxiety issues. Okay. Um, after the fact. Of uh, finding out what my wife was doing behind my back and all that.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so, that's, so it's, a, it's a tranquilizer. Okay,
0: right. so it's a tranquilizer, and you don't remember anything that you did when you're you, on it. Really,
1: hold on, let me back that up. <laughs> oh, if you take wow. Xanax, right, and you just take it as prescribed, it's not going to erase your memory. Oh, okay. But I will tell you from personal experience one night, a bunch of people were like, hey, let's all like, go out. Who wants a Xanax? And I was like, sure. I remember taking it. I took one sip of beer, and my memory went out. Right, and I woke. I came to the next day, in my bed. And I didn't start this night in my house. Right. So this is the scary part. I went out all night. I drove my car. I wow. came home. Apparently, I cooked food.
0: Okay. Because you left the kitchen bed, dirty.
1: <laughs> and I woke, and the next day I had no rec. I was in a complete blackout the whole time. Wow. Don't re- I don't re- I I had to walk outside to make sure my car was there. So I had no idea how I got home. Yeah. I had no idea what happened the last you know, 12 hours. And so that's a jarring experience. That's yeah. a scary thing. So that's what happens when you mix uh, Xanax and alcohol, is it, it, it makes you black out. Okay. And there's a lot of people that abuse it. And every now and then we get people at Narconon that their main drug of choice is Xanax. And I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, there's three epidemics going on. There's opiates... There's meth, like methamphetamine, and then there's the benzodiazepine epidemic. You have no idea how easy it is to go into a doctor's office and say, I have anxiety all the time. And you will walk out with a bottle of Xanax or mm-hmm. a prescription for Xanax.
0: Speaking of Xanax, so let me ask you a question. So when you, when you came into Narcon on this last time, were you taking Xanax? Is that one of the drugs you were taking?
2: Um, actually I was not, I I had already been tapered down from the Xanax, which is good, but I still was buying it here and there. Okay. Did you,
0: did, did you experience anything related to the Xanax when you were in the New Life sauna?
2: Yes, absolutely. That and also the antidepressants that I was taking. Um,
0: what happened? I
2: mean, uh, well, like I felt high all the time and not in a good way. It was just, it it was horrible. I I felt horrible the whole time.
0: Okay. Interesting. Because I because I know that different drugs will cause different effects right. when you're going when you're going through that.
2: There was days that um, the cocaine was coming out, so I'd be all jittery and 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 up all the time. And then there was days that I was down. Um, there was days that when uh, the antidepressants were coming out also felt jittery and weird and just high all the time sometimes i didn't really smoke too much marijuana but i did it every once in a while i also felt high as well other days like that and room really bright and high Mm -hmm. so it was it was an up and down roller coaster during the new life detoxification program
0: that's uh yep that's amazing yeah i mean i've done that program a couple times but i would i didn't i don't have a heavy drug history so i experienced different things when i did it but i know that it can cause some pretty interesting things because, once again, the, the drugs have lodged in the fat tissues of the body. Right. And so mm-hmm. the whole purpose of the, of the sauna detox program is to break down those fat tissues and, and get those drugs and toxins and what have you and, and sweat them out.
2: Right. And it does work. It really does work. Awesome. You feel real good once you're done.
0: That's awesome. That You know, it's interesting, and I've said this before, too. Um, Some <clears throat> to people who listen to the podcast every week, you get to hear me repeat myself. When I've been to the graduations at Narcanon, and when the different com- step completions are announced, mm-hmm. um, when withdraw is announced, you know, nobody really has much to say about it. Right. But when the the New Life Detox Program, when those completions are announced, that's when I have heard people say... Oh my goodness! I got my mind back in the sauna. You know, right. I got that's you know this, that, or the other thing happened in the sauna because I think it's such it it's such a profound step that you do there because right. you're getting these things actually out of the fatty tissues of the body, which is pretty amazing.
2: Right, it's a big win because I mean you are, you actually feel that you're doing something in that process. You know, the withdrawal. Yeah, it's great that you're you're done with it, but it's not immediately doing something. Uh, towards the the programming. I mean, once well, you you've done it sauna, before. Right. I mean,
0: you know, you've been to a 12-step or right, you've been right. to some program and, hey, you withdrew, you know, and maybe you were clean for a couple days. Did you do other rehab programs besides an Arcanon or is I, that the only one you've done? I
2: have done once uh, I in drug court. I got okay. sent in to a 12-step program. Horrible. I I, I don't believe um, you having to carry that burden day in and day out of a disease and I, I don't agree with that. I don't think you have to live like that. That you can of your life. never
0: be cured of. Right. You have a disease you can never be cured of. I mean
2: it's so suppressing. It's
0: like telling some are It's like telling someone you have right. cancer and there's no it's inoperable. Right. You know, and that's not the case with addiction. It's not a disease. That's not what it but, is. I mean that's a...
1: but you know what? It's a great way to if you don't want to confront or deal with it, it's a great way to that's right. Look at I it. Have, have a because, disease, I'm not well, responsible. You're that's exactly the thing. It's like, Oh, I'm not responsible. Yeah. My condition because yeah. it's this disease that's making me do that exactly now I yeah like I don't I, I don't like to knock 12 step too hard because it works for some people and I I know people that have had tons and tons of success with it I just don't know many right
0: well and I have a lady that I'm going to reach out to that I'm going to see if we can um, interview if you're interested and she just quit she didn't know I said what rehab program she said none really she just quit oh. I knew another lady remember I told you story oh, yeah, the story about the older yeah. lady that I yeah. knew who had done every drug known to man for a period of time. And she just quit. Yeah, that's, but yeah, when, it's but when, 2%. just to tell you, but when I knew her, <laughs> she was very ill. She was in the hospital. She was in her seventies. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. She didn't have cancer, but basically her insides were in what I realized probably just disintegrating mm-hmm. because of the heavy drug history that she'd had. Yes. She'd quit and she'd gone the other way. She was now doing health food or whatever. But you do, you can do long-term damage if you don't do a program. That's another reason to do a program like this, to get the toxins and such out of the body. Because if you don't do that, you'll sit there. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You're going to be so, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to live longer, Ronnie. (laughs) Oh yes, I hope so. I have to for my
2: son. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there you go. (laughs) Um,
1: but yeah, it's a very cool process, and I wish that everybody out there got the oppor- who needs it got the opportunity to go to Narcanon, because it's yeah. a program like no other. Yeah, And I, to get all the drugs out of your body is something special, because a lot of the reason that people relapse so frequently in other modalities is because they continuously fight with cravings. Right. Right. And... It's we our belief is that it's not a spiritual malady that causes you to obsess and crave drugs. It's the actual drugs in your body that are making you do that. That's right. And so, but it's like, oh, great, okay, cool. But we have a solution for that too. So you know,
0: you know, it, I forgive me, but Steve and I have started a program. It's like a it, we're not so much trying to diet, but it's a diet. It's sure. a new diet, right? Talk about cravings. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. You 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 cut sugar out of your diet. I guarantee you're going to crave it. And it's not a spiritual craving. It's a chemical imbalance mm -hmm. in the body that causes the body to want that. So you continuously get messages from the body saying, need more drugs, need more sugar, need more alcohol, need more whatever, you know? Yeah, it's
1: like you can't crave something you've never had. That's right. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. So there's the clincher. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's well, true. You well, know, I'm real proud of you, man. You've done a
2: great job. And Thank you. Appreciate and I appreciate
0: it. I, I'm it's proud nice of you, too, you. and I want to meet your son.
2: Absolutely. Whenever, I bet he's really cute. He should be coming in two weeks. Oh,
0: I bet he's really cute. Oh,
2: yeah. He's, he's a little ball of fire, but he's great.
0: Okay. Well, I definitely want to meet him. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for Thank sharing you. your story, because I think I, I just feel like the stories like yours they resonate with people who listen to the podcast. I never know how many of the people listening are addicts. I tend to think it's probably more people who are looking for help because they have a loved one who's an addict. And I hope that the more they hear stories like yours and Jason and I beaten the drum, you know, to get help, get help, get help, you know, and to call the number that's at the end of the podcast or go to the website. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. We're going to keep doing this. You keep doing what you're doing. The PSAs, they're, I, you may not always know how valuable they are, but they are. They're yes. super valuable. So, are you is are you doing the chat on the website?
2: I, I do it as uh, I do it as well. Yes. Okay. Good.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I put them on the chat. Absolutely. Oh, yeah? So. Yeah. Anyone out there listening? You might be talking to Ronnie. Yeah, Let's you might if, be talking to me. So if,
0: if you go to narkanonsuncoast. Um, you may be talking to Ronnie. That's yeah. right. I used to go there. I would go there to look at Jason's blog, and a little window would pop up and say, "Hi, this is so and so. How can I help you?" And I go, "No, that's, that's okay. me. I'm just looking at Jason's blog." <laughs> yeah, my mom
1: keeps messing with the people. Oh like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one popped up yesterday is in the girl. The girl said Boca Raton, Florida. I said, "Oh, I guarantee it's my mother." <laughs> it was. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Cool. Well, thank you again for being here. And Jason, you you and I are going to do this again next week. Next week. I'm going to be in LA, so we'll do it. it. We'll do it remotely. We'll Skype it. There may be dogs and babies in the background. I hope so. (laughs) I have three grandchildren, I have a five year old almost 5 year old and the twins who were 6 month on christmas day. Oh
2: wow. And
0: they live in LA and so I will be with them and so I will podcast we will do this we but it's always that. a challenge. <laughs> okay, well thanks guys. Thank yep. you.